0: Man, every time I stand up here, I'm just thankful to be here. Every week, I'm just more and more thankful. So uh, I'm excited about today. Man, there's a lot been going on in our world as you've been seeing. So I want to start by doing something a little bit different. If you're new here with us, uh, you don't have to engage if you don't want to. But I'm going to ask that we just have a time of of prayer before we start for uh, some nations around the world for a second. And I want to read to you, if you're not familiar with Jesus' words, about what he told us to expect. He told us to expect some things in Matthew 24, and and I've just been contemplating these things and mulling them over in my mind, and I just wanna read this to you. This is just what Jesus told us to expect. Jesus told them about the end of days, and he said, uh, don't let anybody mislead you. And I pray that this would be an encouragement to us. Don't, Don't be misled. For many people are gonna come in my name, claiming, hey, I'm the Messiah, follow me. They're gonna deceive many people. And you're going to hear about wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Don't panic. Everybody's going to panic. We're not going to be people who panic. This is Jesus' words, by the way. Yes, these things must take place, but the end will not follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and there's gonna be earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first part of birth pains. But more is gonna come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. <laughs> Jesus telling his disciples this. You're gonna be hated all over the world because you're my followers. And many are going to turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will arise and they're going to deceive many people. I want to tell you, I want to warn you about me. Anybody who says you don't got to worry about me, you got to worry about that. I'm just telling you, if I ever preach anything other than the word, if I ever speak anything other than Jesus, it's not true. I don't care how good it sounds. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. Anybody seeing that today? I feel like that's a lot today. But I believe believe that God's people are still filled with his love. And I believe today can be still different. I believe that. And I believe it's going to happen through this church family, the kingdom at large. Sin's going to be rampant, the love of many is going to grow cold, but the one, listen, the one who endures to the end is going to experience saving. And the good news about the kingdom though is going to be preached throughout the entire world so that all nations are going to hear it. And then then the end is going to come. That's what Jesus said. So let's get on the same page. Let's not be in panic. Guess what? Our king's still on the throne. He told us this was coming. He's still king and he's not worried. And we're still here. And we got a voice to the king. So I'm going to ask, we're going to pray for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan who are experiencing much of this. This is their life right now. And so up on the screen is going to come up some, some, just some points. And I'm going to ask, like, if you're with couples or if you're with somebody, you can pray together. You can pray by yourself. You're going to see these prompts on the screen. But just for a minute, would you just spend some time, and we're going to start praying for our brothers and sisters. Um, if you're not wanting to participate, don't have to. Don't, don't worry. No one got to do anything creepy. But uh, I'm gonna, let's have a time as a, as, a, as a body together just in prayer over these things that are prompt on the screen. Father, we pray that through all that's going on in the world, we pray that through this battle that isn't flesh and blood, but is principality and power, we understand that. And God, what the enemy means for evil, God, I pray that you would turn toward good, that the world would begin to experience and see you, know you. And God, that your bride would shine ever brighter. God, that it would truly be a city set on a hill, so that all could see. And God, for the other parts of your bride all around this world that are feeling defeated, feeling wounded, feeling hurt, less than powerful, covered up, God, maybe wandering in all sorts of other things, God, I pray that this would be one of those moments where there's a true light that begins to shine and calls many to repent many to change many to move in another direction god i just pray that this would be the beginning of a great revival in our day all over the world god i pray for that reviving to continue even in our hearts here god as we know that you're much bigger than we even think can imagine and god i pray that you would take us where you want us to go And God, as you warned us about everything that's taking place, God, that the love of many would grow cold. God, I pray that our heart and our love would never grow cold because uh, we're receiving your love over and over and over, God. Lord, fill us fresh and new today. Breathe fresh air into our lungs today. For those of us who are feeling wounded today, I pray uh, comfort and healing. God, for those who need forgiveness in the room, God, your forgiveness is offered. And God, we remember the high price that you paid and we say thank you. God, for people in the room, those of us who need purpose today, God, I pray for fresh grace to understand your purpose. Send us today with a fresh wind behind us in Jesus' name, Mm -hmm. amen, amen. Thanks, TC. Man, aren't you not glad that TC and Danielle are back, everybody? Come on. Hey, man. That's great to have y'all back. We missed you guys. Hey, today we want to, oh, last week I talked about, uh, remember I said, can you imagine what it would be like if you came every week expecting that during the week God had prepared you for something here in this room, somebody, and somebody was prepared to bless you, right? So on Monday, my wife came to me and she told me how God blessed her by speaking to her and I asked her if she would share that today. So Shane, would you... Would you come and just share with everybody what what the Lord spoke to you? And uh, I'll hold the baby for you. Okay, okay. Oh. <laughs> Much more comfortable with the baby, right? Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. My
1: natural spots <laughs> with baby, like. Yeah. Um, so, last week he said um, before the sermon, ask the Lord to speak to you in this time, um, just personal. And I felt like. Just coming out of a really heavy season, um, just overwhelmed by a lot between these two men in my life right here, <laughs> um, <laughs> that the Lord, I just asked him, show me my first step, um, my next step. And I started listening to a song called um, Talking to Jesus. And this is why I don't talk.
0: <laughs> You're doing great, baby. You're um,
1: wonderful. And I felt like he just said, this is my word for you. Just start talking to Jesus. It says, keep talking to Jesus. Um, he's a uh, friend you'll never have, um, like a friend you'll never have. And so I just want to encourage you that we have such a sweet friend in Jesus. Um, and when you talk to him, he hears you and he meets you.
0: That's right. Thank you, baby. I appreciate you so much. She's so awesome. You're amazing. Thank you for sharing that. It's so neat, man, when God just really speaks to you. It just matters, you know, and so I, I believe he wants to speak to you today. Have you ever asked the question in your life, God, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want, what do you want me to do? You ever ask that? What do you, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And I want to talk about what he wants us to do today. I was mulling over a passage that's really challenging as After Matthew 24, you get into Matthew 25, and Jesus talks about the end. And he tells this crazy story, but he tells a story about uh, a couple servants, and the master gives them a big sum of money, like a ton of money, and says, go invest this money and do something with it. And they're like, yes, sir. He says, I'll be back soon. And when he shows up, a couple of those people have done something. One hasn't done anything. And it really is a picture of the end. And the the last one who didn't do anything with what the master told him to do, it's pretty grim. Like he's like, you're getting cast out into utter darkness and we're gnashing of teeth is happening. It's pretty terrifying. And he says, in fact, the thing that I gave you and you didn't do anything with, take it and give it to the one who actually did the most. It's a heavy, heavy passage. But what the one said who didn't do anything is fascinating to me. He said, I knew you, master, to be a really hard man. And so I knew that you, you took where you didn't sow and, 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 I, and I was afraid so I hid your money and I put it in the ground. And he says, you wicked and lazy servant. You see, the master knew he was making an excuse But what this passage really tells us is that there is no details. The master didn't come and be like, hey, I'm gonna give you a ton of money. Here's what I'm gonna ask that you do with it. I'm gonna, you do this and this and He never does that. He says, invest. Obviously invest toward my kingdom, advance what I've already got. But he doesn't give us a lot of details. And so I think a lot of us sometimes we wonder, what detailed thing do you want me to do? And we read a story like that and we're like, oh gosh, <laughs> I, I, I wanna do something, you know? The passage continues on though, and it continues on to this picture of eternity where God is basically separating the sheep from the goats, the believers and the non-believers. And he separates the righteous ones who invested, who did the work. And here's what he says. He says, you fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You visited me when I was in prison. And here's what they said. They were like, Lord, when did we ever see you there? When did we see you in prison? Like, when did we see you hungry? Like, I don't remember these moments. And I believe in this passage, like here's the reality. When you encounter the love of Jesus, it becomes a part of you and it's just your natural life you live and you don't even know what you're doing. You're just living the natural overflow of Jesus. It's not hard. It's not complex. And I think we live in such terror that we're missing it because we've made it more complex than it ever needed to be. It's not complex at all. But do you ever feel like in this life when you're trying to figure out what to do, you you feel like you just got your back up against the wall and there's so much pressures that are happening in your life. You're like, how can I possibly get moving in this thing? Anybody anybody ever get to that moment? I think Jesus got to that moment. I'll never forget when I was a little kid feeling like that. I was about 2 years old, I mean not 2. I was in second grade. And uh, about two years, I remember, it. no, I don't remember. I remember being in second grade, though, and I remember uh, anybody, I I was in the generation where we like rode our bikes around the neighborhood, right? Like y'all, a lot of y'all are still that kind of people, right? Um, Anybody ride bikes in the neighborhood? Come on now, let's go. Yeah, we were all bike riders in the neighborhood. And me and my buddy, we were going down the neighborhood and I'll never forget going past this house. And there was one house that I never liked to go past uh, because... This, this kid was, was not the nicest kid in my neighborhood. He was mean, you know? And uh, we didn't have our bikes that day, so we were walking, and uh, it's dangerous to walk past his house. And we were walking past his house, and he comes out, and his name was Chad. And uh, man, you know, Chad's just a bad name right now, uh, for those of y'all who know, like Chad. Anybody got a Chad in their life? Yeah? Uh, this guy's legit name was Chad, so he's just obviously, a I'm sorry if your name's Chad, I'm not trying to. <laughs> really ashamed. <laughs> but <laughs> Chad was just that guy, you know. We're walking past his house, and I remember like he, sh- he comes out of his house, and we're like, shoot, Chad. And he was fifth grade. I was second grade. So I'm a little guy, you know. He comes out. and He starts giving us a hard time. He's messing with us. Like, dang, how are we going to get out of this? And back in the distance, my friend had an older brother, like a much older brother. And I see him and his buddies. They're coming, down the way and Chad can't see. And I'm like, oh, going, this could be okay. This could be awesome, you know? And so I'm keeping the conversation going with Chad and we're just trying to like keep things at a distance. And, and right as the thing gets to the climax, I'll never forget uh, my, my buddy's brother and his friends to come rolling up and they're like, what's going on here? And he turns around and I'll never forget, like he's terrified.
1: And I was like, yeah,
0: get it, you know? <laughs> What? But man, I had given that guy such authority in my life, you know? Little did I know, looking back, I'm like, that, that was a fifth grader, man. Oh, you probably had to do was, some, you know? What? Look back, I mean, it could have been like that. But it wasn't because I had such awe of this fifth grader. I had such respect over Chad. He was bigger than me, and he talked mean, you know? So I had respect. He had authority. He was important, and so it moved my life. Anybody else got a Chad in their life? Maybe it's not a fifth grader. I hope, I'm sorry if it is. You in trouble, we can talk later if it is. But man, it's a job for some of y'all. Some of y'all got a Chad that's a job. And man, it's got authority, like it's got weight in your life, and you come home and you're feeling the weight of Chad in your life, you know? Whew. You got some bills that really rule. You got broken relationships that really rule. And you got deep wounds that really might rule. Man, Chad can be a powerful guy if we let him, you know? He can be really strong at times, really, really mean, really cruel. I believe some of us have past experiences that are Chad's. Some of us got some church hurt that are Chad's. Every single one of us understand Chad now. I think Jesus understood him. Jesus understood Chad's. Listen to me. He understood. But let's check out what he did. You see, John chapter 11, I've never seen this before. You don't have to turn there, but I'm, I want to give you some highlights about what I found. You see, in John chapter 11, it says that basically Jesus is nearing the end of his life. It's, his hour is coming up. And he's got a group of chads in his life, and the group of chads tell everybody, hey, listen, we've had enough of this guy. This guy's making some ripple effects. And so if you see him, we're looking for him, and we are going to arrest him. Did you know your king had a warrant for his arrest? You serve somebody who had a warrant. We follow a guy who had a warrant for his arrest. God got a warrant while he was here. I like that. You just think that's cool. And so he's facing these people who are looking for him. Can you imagine being looked for right now by the police. They were coming to find you. Some of y'all can, you know? Some of y'all know. But can you imagine sitting here thinking they're, they're looking for me? They're looking for me? And I also know this about Jesus. When he knows that his hour is coming, he knows the scripture better than anybody. And I know that he knows Isaiah 52 that says that his his face is marred beyond recognition. You know, Jesus knows this Bible better than all of us. He knew what was coming. So when he knows that his hour is coming, this isn't like, oh, it's gonna be pretty bad. It's like, shoot, like this is about to get real. and I'm gonna get my face torn off. Like I'm being crass, but like that is real. Like my face isn't gonna be on. I'm gonna be nailed to a cross. I'm gonna perish. I'm gonna suffocate. This is what Jesus knows. And so fast forward a couple chapters, you get to chapter 13. And in chapter 13, he's in this upper room with his his friends, and y'all know this story, but I've never seen this part of the story in chapter 13, verse 13. No, no, verse three. It says this. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything also knew two other things that he had come from god and that he would return to god so there's three things that jesus knows every bit of authority has been given to me i'm from god and i'm going to go back to god but think about all the other things that he's got going on in his mind i also know i'm going to be crucified i'm going to be killed There's people looking for me. Who knows what they want to do to me? There's all these people talking bad about me. Think about all the stuff that's going on in the background that has potential to really jam Jesus back up into a corner. (laughs) And I'm telling you, like, if all of that's happening to me at once, y'all, I'm probably not going to be well, you know? But Jesus, knowing these three things, he knew something different. He trusted something different. And do you know what he did in the midst of these three things that he knew? Do you know what he did next? He stands up from the table and he says, everything I know, here's what I'm about to do. He says he wraps a towel around his waist and he begins to wash the people's feet in the room. Jesus is a weird guy. Listen to me. The guy you follow doesn't do anything normal. He doesn't do anything out of understanding. He does everything out of the truth. Everything is inspired by truth. Nothing is inspired by what cultural understanding is. And I believe he invites us into the same exact way of living because he says this, he says, listen, listen everybody. What you're watching me do I invite you to follow me and do as I do. So in the midst of everything that you're facing, in the midst of feeling like we might be getting backed up against the corner, Jesus says when you're feeling like that, you know what you need to do? Serve the person next to you. You're like, man. I'm good, anybody good? We just gonna go home. now, that's the worst advice you ever gave me, Jay. Now that's exactly what our king modeled for us. And he modeled for us what feels like there's authority in your life isn't actually real. And what you choose to give authority to will have the authority in your life. We need to choose the truth. Now, am I saying, screw your (laughs) job. Who cares about my responsibility? It doesn't matter about my family. Jesus said, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. But I am saying that the stages and the places that you are are potentially the stages and places where God has set for his glory to be experienced as you don't adhere to the authorities of this worldly place and you actually listen and live in the truth and then there is where life will be experienced in your being and you'll be set free wherever you are and everyone else around you will go what the heck is this who are they Jesus was anchored to the truth. And the chads in Jesus' life only had the authority that he gave them. The chads in your life only have the authority that you give them. But let me tell you what Jesus says. After he dies and he resurrects, he comes back to life and he gives one of his final speeches to everybody and he gives them a very clear statement. He says this, he says, I have been given all authority. Jesus is like, yo, I got buried and I'm back. <laughs> yo, that, 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 that rock couldn't hold me. You ever met anybody else who came out of a grave? Anybody? Anybody ever heard of one? Anybody? This is the one and only. And he comes up out of the grave and he's like, yo, yo, I just beat The biggest foe ever, death. And so listen, every bit of authority is mine now. So listen up. Would you listen up to the one who has all authority? Would you receive it? Would you begin to believe it? And what if you gave full weight to the one who had all authority? What if this is what you actually believed? What if this is the one that you said, no, weight is carried. This is the full weight of authority. And here it is. Every bit of authority, not just in earth, but in heaven has been given to me. Therefore, because that's true, I'm going to give you something. Now go. Would you, would you receive that today? Are you moving because the one who has all authority said, go get it? Whew. I'm gonna be honest, like not always, you know? But oh, I wanna be. Go, and I'm gonna ask that you would make disciples of all the nations. That means you don't gotta be sticking to just white people. Then you gotta be sticking to just black people. You could be all over the map, y'all. We gonna build the bridges, we're gonna bust it all down. You don't gotta worry about it, you don't gotta be insecure. Because the one with authority actually gave you authority to get going. So I don't gotta to bow to what culture tells me, I don't need to be afraid of black people. I don't gotta be, got be afraid. And you don't gotta be afraid. We can build bridges, y'all. In a culture that doesn't wanna build bridges, we wanna tear them down because we're taught we gotta be afraid of each other. Yo, I've got a mandate, and this is my brother. We got brothers and sisters, and we're sent to. Culture doesn't tell me what to do. I don't get backed up by the authority of what the news tells me. I can, the authority of Jesus then compels me to move. So I step in with great confidence because I know who sent me. Are you compelled by what's been, what sent you? The authority that's in heaven and earth? But it continues, which is why I'm saying what I'm saying. Then I'm going to tell you guys, would you, would you go and baptize them? You don't got to bring them pastor anymore. It's not just the pastor going to do it. Hey, all y'all, go tell everybody. Tell them the greatest news that changed your life. Watch them get baptized spiritually in water. Raised to walk a brand new life of faith. Let's go get it. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach these new disciples to obey everything I said. Teach them. You're like, man. But I don't know. I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot. You know, anybody sitting there and be like, I would love that, Jay, but like, I don't know how to do that. You didn't mind. You gotta turn the TV off and get learning. Do you know what it takes me to do a sermon? A lot. <laughs> so, y'all, I'm gonna tell everybody in the room: turn your TV off and start writing sermons. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. The world's in desperate need of more pastors, not just more stages on the streets. I'm walking the streets on Tuesday, and I find more people never heard about Jesus than have that I talked to on the street. You know, I wonder about myself. I've been wondering. I'm, I'm walking down the street. Now, how many times has somebody walked up to you and been like, hey, man, like, let me tell you the greatest news that ever happened to me. I've never had it happen to me. I'm so glad I was born into it, but like, man, if I was waiting for some, some people from the church to come find me on the street, like, hey, you gonna find me? I ain't been found, you know? I wanna invite you to come to the streets. I wanna invite you out of, the, out of the, the corner office, you know? I wanna invite you out of your cubicle and understand the stage that's been set for you and the authority that's been given to you. There's a reason you're where you are, go. But he doesn't stop there after he says, teach. He says, be sure of this. You can be sure of this, be sure of this. We're sure of a lot of things in this world right now. Would you be sure of this? He says, I am with you always. Has anybody in the room forgotten that today? I I don't feel like God's with me. I don't care what you feel. He said, I'm always with you. And when you feel like he's furthest, he's not. It's just not true. So when you feel like he's distant, he's not. And when you feel like he's distant, I want to invite you into what I've just learned. I start thanking them for him being near me when I don't feel it. And you know what? I begin to feel it. I begin to feel thankful again. When I feel alone, cause I'm gonna tell you like, I feel alone a lot. I fight a lot of battles to stand up here and tell you the word every day. Cause I'm like, who am I God? Like, I don't, he said, like, just thank me because I sent you and I love you and I'm with you. And so maybe you needed to hear that today. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, he's never gonna leave you. He's never gonna forsake you. He's always with you. And so when you go into that job, He is with you, friend. When you go into your home and you feel alone, and maybe you and your wife are not getting along, like, He's with you there. He's with you on the street. I'm with you always, and I love this last line, because it says, even to the end of the age, it's not the end yet. The end hasn't happened. That means it's still happening. That means this word was for us today because it's not over yet. And so what I would invite each one of us into is the life and understanding of what you were made for today. Do you want to know what to do? Jesus gave us the final call about what to do. All authority has been given to me. Now may this carry weight in every single one of our life. Here's what you're made to do. Go. Get moving. You say, Where do I go? Everywhere you go. Well, when? Every second of your life. Every second of my life? Well, that's a lot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I want to tell you, this might sound like death to some of y'all. It might sound like you're going to lose your life. And I'm going to say, You are. You are. But the voice of life often sounds like the voice of death, and the voice of death often sounds like the voice of life to us. God's voice is the voice of life. And your death is calling into this brand new kind of life that you're like, but people are gonna think I'm crazy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They might, they might. But I'm gonna tell you, the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you in ways, and he's gonna give you words and wisdom like Daniel. Jesus' words are gonna come to your mind and I promise you people around you are gonna begin to be transformed but we must begin to receive the word from the one who actually has authority and not sell our souls to someone who doesn't, the chads of this world who are nothing and we're settling for a powerless life and a meaningless life, honestly. My final question for us in this room and maybe you need this, If you were going your direction today, where would you get to? If you got everything that you were after right now, where would you get to? And what would it matter? What would it matter? I believe, that, I believe that God really wants to use you. And I'm so thankful as I've watched so many of you, you've given your yes, and I'm telling you, like you might not feel like your, your life is moving things down the field or making moves in people's lives, but like, I mean the majority of y'all in this room, I'm telling you, like I watch miracles happen through y'all. And I'm watching y'all grow I'm watching y'all lead. I'm watching lives change. I'm watching people want to be a part and meet you guys. Like God is doing incredible things. But I want to encourage us. Would you continue to say yes to him? And would you continue to understand that the one who has authority, the one who has authority has invited you. And you're like, maybe you. No, you. You, 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 you you. And there's no pressure on any of us. You're like, wait, what? There's not. Because he said he would be with us. And the power that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. And here's the promise that I cling to. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, which is so powerful, how will he not also with him graciously give us everything that we need? God gave us the most precious gift that he could have ever given us. What else is he gonna spare from you? He's gonna fail you. He's gonna give you everything you need, but all he invites us to is to give him our yes. Would you give him your yes today? And not just today, I'm gonna invite you, when you wake up, this is what I do on my phone, I'm gonna tell everybody in this church, we're all gonna become pastors, and if I don't equip you to do the work of the ministry, then I'm failing, and if I invite you to come get entertained every week, it ain't gonna work, so I'm gonna to continue to say, here's, here's a tool. Would you, you could pull out your phone, and as your alarm wakes up, just type in your calendar a prayer request. What are you praying? I'm gonna give him my yes today. Every single morning, you don't gotta do something crazy, Roll over in bed and you won't get your phone. We're not gonna go to Instagram or Facebook or whatever first, TikTok. We're gonna go straight to that and we're gonna look at those things and you can type in your notes the things that you're praying for. Roll over in your bed, look at that, and begin to pray over the things that God brings to your mind. Put them in your notes every single morning and we're gonna become a praying church together, every morning together. Would Would you join me in that? Would that be our first yes? Could you join me in that? It's a small thing but watch it transform your life. Watch how this will transform your life. Just roll. We're going to roll over to bed together every single morning and we're going to have prayer time together. That sounds good, right? It's going to be awesome. I want to end this message today by a practical like real life story because many of y'all have said yes. Many of y'all live your life and you give up your life to see disciples made and the life of Jesus born into other people's lives and and I just want you to know one of those stories. Jesse, where's Jesse? Jesse, come here, man. Jesse wanted to share a little bit today and uh, give y'all a little bit of shout out and update in his life. So yeah, welcome Jesse, come on, come on. How's everybody doing?
2: So uh, last minute this morning, or well last night, but kind of this morning, Um, I had contacted Jay um, after last night going out to the worship event that he was helping out at and speaking at downtown. Um, It really moved me. I was there with a number of you guys who I'm incredibly blessed to know and just have moving in my life through uh, truly representing the character of Christ. So I wanted to come up here and just kind of Um, pour the life that you guys have poured into me back to you and give some encouragement on how your actions really do work. So, um, sorry, I I improvised a little bit, so let me catch up. Uh, So I came up here a couple months ago. Jay called me up to open up with prayer, and I was uh, pretty new, still in my faith and walk, and, um, got emotionally swept up in the moment and really didn't have an outlet to talk to people about God, so I I really got caught up in the moment, and um, so I just kind of wanted to come back up here one more time, naked once more. I'm not going to get into the details, but I lost my smile a long time ago, partly from drugs, eight months clean and sober now uh, through the power of Christ. Thank you, all through him. Um, It was partly through drugs, partly a cry for help from a a troubled childhood, and a large, large part of lacking discipline. When you literally lose your smile, it's something that can eat at you. uh, On a deep personal level. It's something that's in your face figuratively and literally. Uh, I'm a people person. I love talking to people and it's taken me to a level where I break eye contact with people I meet constantly and find the quickest way out of a conversation. I also, I I love children, I love kids, but this has turned them into my biggest fear. I'm sure you guys know kids, and know they have a whole arsenal of, of you think high school kids can roast each other, wait till you're almost 30 years old and your niece can, can, man, it's rough. Um... Yeah, yeah, I've had adults say some horrible things to me, but try having your niece ask you if a quarter apiece from the tooth fairy was really worth the investment. Girl, girl was disappointing me on a financial decision level. I, that was a new kind of hurt. I would never related to this. Um, and to be, on, uh, to be honest, the hardest part has been not having a photo from the last decade of me truly smiling. You'll find me grinning, but you'll never find me smiling. And that truly hurts when looking at something like the last photo you have of you and your father. So why am I up here full of joy, unashamed? Because God stepped in. I'm in the process of having my smile return to me. And look, I'm a, I'm a third shift grocery worker I've been having problems with insurance, I'm financially recovering in these unknown times, and Jesus led me here. And someone in particular went out of their way to line up some extraordinary local dentists, and though I'm literally, literally pocketed out in every way that that you could enter this situation, they said, glory to God, when can we start? So, I'm not up here to give a testimony, but I won't but God has used this community to move mountains to make me smile. God is in this community, and I pray that each that you see that, that each of you see that. Each of you are uniquely gifted and truly carry the character of disciples. Everyone from uh, Kenny, who is an incredible, incredible man of faith and character, and runs and directs a lot of what you what what makes this possible and runs smoothly. And probably trying to correct my audio levels. Um, and to T C and the worship crew that give us a tune that echoes the soul of our praises and gives us a heavenly sounding setting to just sit in the moment with Jesus. You have Andrew Fox who I'm so glad you're here. I I didn't see you, uh, and I'm glad you're here to hear this. Um, He was there before I ever stepped into a church. I was a hardcore atheist saved about two years ago. Um, Andrew Fox was there before I ever stepped into a church. He was by my side at baptism. He reached out when I ran away from everything before recovery and in a lot of hurt and going to drugs for for my escape and, and to fill what I needed from Jesus. Um, he's been uh, one of the greatest influences to me, um, being bold and pursuing Jesus. He's, I get to walk with him on Tuesday nights and every time I do, if he's not uh, pouring love into, into the streets of the city to passerbyers, he will pour his love into you he will He, he make sure that your, your steps are true to the king. And when, when you need a brother, he is, he is what you think you're looking for. Um, also, to his beautiful wife, Melissa, uh, she's always there, whether you know it or not, with the purest intent uh, for your interests. She, uh, I got private messages to prove it. She... She will look out for you if she knows you're hurting. Um, I also wanted to uh, name Brian and Genevieve. I don't know if they're in here. They're probably out there helping your kids and giving them a nice escape. But um, I mess, met them the first time I came up here and was extremely uh, extremely vulnerable mess. And they opened their home and family to me as their own. They lead a wonderful life group, which I see a bunch of you over here, love you guys. Um, They lead a wonderful life group on Wednesday nights and they always do their best to lead, develop and equip us in our walk. I truly appreciate the life they provide and pour into their son and all of your children, whether through worship or events like VBS or life group by giving some wonderful young adults trying to figure life out and how to pursue Jesus a humble and welcoming dwelling. And you have Debbie and Rhonda, who I would argue is the very definition of, of um, beautiful, faithful women. They're the mightiest prayer warriors. Whatever weedies you guys are eating, I, I need them. Sorry, guys, bear with me. Um... Whether it be here at church in worship, while praying over you guys in such a visible manner, whether you know it or not, I get to sit back there and I get to see you guys in action, and you are in action. Um, Or whether it's like Rhonda hosting an in-home worship, um, or in-home worship gathering, where man, if you wanna feel an intimate level of worship, try hosting these with your faithful. A feast, in a, private, a feast in private fellowship, breaking bread somewhere hidden but allowed in a Knoxville neighborhood just like yours. A pastor speaks a message with a thunderous cadence. A couple of music, musicians set <laughs> an angelic atmosphere and prayers fill the open air, and any silence is filled with, the, with a mother's soft voice calling the name of Jesus as their children even sense the spirit and embrace their mother before their father. It's a deeply, deeply moving experience, and I highly suggest it, and I wouldn't have that experience if it wasn't for you, Rhonda, and for you opening that opportunity to me. Uh, I- And um, if you ever get a chance to see Debbie out in the streets, she is a, you'll see, you should take note because she will hop right to action. We had a guy last week who was super aggressive and raged, had five cops on him trying to subdue him. He wasn't having any of it. And while we're sitting there, all kind of leather necking, like, "Ooh, what's gonna happen?" Rhonda hopped right in the prayer and just took it to Jesus, and you could see him—he he basically subdued himself into the cups. Um, like this guy right here. And Jim, Jim, brother, you are a generous soul, a kind, soft-spoken man. A man with fascinating knowledge of how to relate Jesus to the Chinese and Chinese culture. Not just limited to that, but man, you fascinate me with that. Um, I always think of you as that wise old man who could bring comfort and fascination about Jesus around a bonfire circled by children. I come to you for advice all the time. And though my father is hopefully in heaven, you
0: you step in to act as him in his absence. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna say thank you for making us um, recognize and see a little bit differently. I wanna thank you for serving wholeheartedly every single time you walk in this place, for bringing a smile to my face and many of these others. So if you don't understand, like uh, Jim, Jim put together a group of people uh, to give Jesse a brand new smile, man. And man, thank you so much for that. (laughs) Using your platform. And I know you you wouldn't want me to do this, I know. But what, what we're talking about, what we're talking about is using our platforms. And he has this platform and he used it. And he brought a smile to somebody's face. And here's what's going to happen. I promise you what's happening in Jesse's life We're walking the street on Tuesday, and Jesse don't stop, like he's he's telling everybody. It's the ripple effect of of God's love in someone's life moves way beyond into generation upon generation upon generation. I wanted Jesse to stand up here because I want everyone to understand this, to see this. You think you don't have a stage because you're not a pastor? Who gives a rip? You got the stage you got. Now go right where you are, and I promise you, generations upon generations will be transformed if we'll say yes right where we are. Say yes right where you are. And I promise you, by the authority of Jesus, that you have been sent right where you are. Don't discount right where you are. Don't discount, (laughs) yeah. And if we'll give him our yes, guys, I promise you, the world got turned upside down with 12. Y'all a lot more than 12, let's go. I think Knoxville is going to be turned upside down in 2021 and 2022 as we continue to say yes to the King. Jesse, thanks for saying yes. Thank you, Thank you for saying yes, man. Yeah. Come on. They recognize my brother. They recognize. Thank you, man. Father, today, Father, today, we give you our yes. We're standing in awe of you. This is what happens when we just follow you. This is your work. You put all these things together. And God, you write a tapestry that we could never, you draw it up in a way that we could never fathom. God, may we no longer settle for the chads in our life and giving them authority. God, we receive from you the call to go, and we're in full expectation when we do not see, you see. When we cannot move mountains, you can. And so we rest in the fact that you are with us and it's your power at work within us. And so we say yes, bring it on. Here we go. And we're with you. So Father, lead us. Open our eyes, open our mouths to speak in the moment where we need to. Open our ears to hear. And may we walk in step with your spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.